Hi everyone, welcome to this video. In this particular video, we will discuss about two very important topics that you should know about if you are a part of information security, cyber security domain. This is essential for you. Data classification and data loss prevention. Two very important terms that all the freshers should know about. Two very important terms that all the experienced people should have a complete understanding around how it works, what is the terminology, why we use them, what are the things involved, what are the things that anybody can ask you in an interview also. Like what is a DLP, what is data classification, how do you do data classification, how does a DLP solution works, what, what are the things that you should keep in mind. So we'll answer all these questions in this uh, particular video as I have industry expert with me. Akshay Dixit is here with me. With me, he's a founder of a company called Anzen Technologies. Akshay, over to you. I love. Thanks for having me. Uh, great session upcoming uh, today. Uh, we are here to talk about uh, data classification and data uh, leakage prevention, data loss prevention, uh, as people call it. Short form, quite a well-known term. Uh, acronym is DLP. So why, why are we having this session and what is the need of essentially data classification and data loss prevention? So let me start off by first saying that for any organization, uh, ultimately, uh, when we're looking at it from a cybersecurity perspective, it is the asset that you're trying to protect, right? We talk about uh, assets and assets are important for an organization to protect. Now, asset could be of anything that is of value to a company, right? So it could be a people, process and technology in itself. Now, when we talk about information as an asset, data as an asset, what the data that is flowing, the sensitive, the confidential, the restricted type of data that is going inside an organization, how, uh, how do you protect it? So you protect it from external threats and you protect it from internal threats. Now, most of the time uh, outside of DLP or data classification or data leakage prevention or data loss even comes in, we're talking about how do I protect this from external. So, so we, pro, we put firewall, we do segmentation, we keep the user segment, the data segment away from, from the outside untrusted zone. So all of these things already happen. But now, uh, what about leakage or threat to your data as an asset from internal what are the from from an internal perspective this is where data classification and data leakage comes in where we are saying that an internal actor a person who is working on the data or is access either creating data accessing data or sending data within an organization may be involved in leakage of this data either intentionally or unintentionally. So the key here is that it may not always be an intentional activity. If there is a malicious actor, if there is a malicious, if, if there is a disgruntled employee, if, if somebody uh, from an internal uh, standpoint has the intention of actually leaking a data, that is one. Sometimes because of some mistyped email address, because of some attaching the wrong uh, file or just in general putting on a, a putting a uh, document, sensitive document unintentionally on my desktop or putting it on a share without an actual malicious intention, I may be involved in get, uh, aiding to leakage of such a data. 
But how can it happen actually because of neg- negligence of people unknowingly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So when I say unintentional, it could be something as simple as a mistake. As you know, I didn't realize I had two documents with almost the same name, and I searched on the alphabet and I kind of attached the wrong document. Or I have two people with kind of a same name, and instead of sending it internally uh, by mistake, I sent it to an external vendor or external person that was there in my list of people I have contacted. So even though this was unintentional, there was still a data leakage that happened, right? So, uh, so for for all of these internal scenarios, internal threats that that come when uh, an organization is dealing with sensitive data, is where we talk about data loss prevention, data leakage prevention, and data classification. So, data classification is an important activity. Before diving into DLP, I would like to discuss a little bit about uh, uh, data classification. So that's that's to say that you know. Uh, uh the idea is that an internal actor can cause uh intentional or intention uh, unintentional leakage of data but you as an information security team has to ensure that no matter what the case no matter if it's a mistake or if it's an intentional activity you have to protect your data now the first step in your data protection uh activity is your data classification now why why what is data classification so essentially data classification is the process of uh, you are categorizing you, data is scattered throughout your network on endpoints on servers here and there it's on share it's on uh, it, it may be in a database so all of these documents all of this data is dispersed everywhere so data classification is essentially the process of categorizing your data based on some criteria that you have predefined so that one you can efficiently manage this data and second you can efficiently protect this data so if i uh, today you might ask akshay you could go in for a data uh, uh, protection or prevention without data classification no a dlp strategy without uh, a robust data classification framework or mechanism in place is bound to fail so this is a very important key activity here so we discussed about what is data classification now you could come and ask me that akshay why do i need data classification so one is the protection aspect right just protecting data there are also compliance and regulatory requirements when we talk about pci when we talk about gdpr when we talk about hipaa all of them require you to classify data in certain aspects hipaa might ask you to do it at a phi level PCI might ask you to do it at a card holder data level. GDPR might ask you to do it at a PII level. So, a classification is required. Now, what classification norms you are following? How do you classify this data? That depends on the kind of business you are running, and that depends on what is your requirement. So, that is why data classification is a complicated method. I mean, it involves. the aspect of protection as a initiative or as a strategy in itself and also specific classification based on the regulations or the regulatory standards that you are governed by so all of this in combine is why you need a data classification you need to define a proper data classification strategy and you need to go ahead and categorize and classify all types of data that are present in your uh infrastructure or network or your system or your organization to be very specific right 
so then we discussed about so now you will say that you know how okay so now i need to do this i understand the importance i understand what data classification is how do i go ahead and do something like this so very first thing is you need to identify uh which type of data does actually need classification what is data to you what is important data for you what is not so important data for you which are the ones that needs protection which are the ones if leaked could either cause you financial problem uh, damage or could cause you reputational damage or cause uh, affect your business in general or regulatory uh, non compliances and fines as well so you need to identify the need for a data classification you need to identify what type of data is important to you what are your data types is, is data stored in your infrastructure as or in your network or in your system as structured or is it unstructured as well is it dispersed or is it centrally located how are people accessing so to the whole data point understanding also how data is flowing within your organization you have to understand which people are accessing which kind of data so uh, the data flow how where uh, a simple question would be where is your data store what type of data do you have so you could say that you know uh, akshay i have uh, data in the form of excel sheets i have data in the form of databases i have data in the form of pdfs i have data in the form of word i have data in the form of txt i have data in the form of epub i have data in the form of rtf i have data in the form of xml i have data in the form of json so wherever and however you are storing the data you have to first identify it that is the key because we can't move ahead until we do that and this is where a, an activity called as data discovery comes in this is an activity of using both manual and automated approach to discover whatever data is spread in your entire infrastructure so this first you need to answer these questions for yourself you know where so you understood where your data is now where is my sensitive data who is accessing my sensitive data what are the modes of transportation how is data uh, sitting in storage how is data being transmitted so when you understand then you know which points to protect for example you could say that actually it is getting stored on shared drives and uh, the only means of communication of data is email or you could say there is a shared drive and people copy paste you could say that you know people are inserting usb and taking data so you have to identify the uh, things that are there first once you identify what what type of data is there wherever the data is there what is my sensitive data how is my data flowing then you can go ahead and identify the types of controls for protection this is a data leakage prevention strategy not even talking about dlp solutions yet even before that so just to say uh, uh, so we will talk about it so just to say that you know uh, this is these are the pre questions or or the pre activity questions that you need to answer yourself you need to get answers to this and then you go ahead and do data discovery right so what is the advantage of classification is that once you have your data classified then you can properly govern all type of data for example a data protection so now uh, as an example you might say actually okay now give me some examples of data classification so within an organization let's keep regulatory things aside i may say that you know this is my financial data this is my uh, hr data 
this is my uh, r&d this is my research this is my intellectual property this is one form of classification then all documentations you would categorize into whether this is uh, should could be accessible by public you could give it a tag then the data tagging also comes in place now when you are doing data discovery and then you discover the data what do you do then once you have discovered all data you have classified it now you tag the data with some tag you could say that you know this is a public data accessible to public it's okay this is private to be known to certain people this is sensitive this is confidential somebody go some people go on and make super sensitive sensitive classification level 1 level 2 level 3 that is all on you so there is no specific way of doing it you need to first understand your business you need to first understand what kind of data you are consuming what kind of data you are processing what kind of data you are uh, transmitting basis on that you tag the data now extra tags when regulatory compliances comes in would be that this is uh this type of data is my pii this type of data is my phi this document holds pii data this document holds phi data this document so then you could go ahead and process uh security controls on the regulatory aspect as well akshay need- i have a follow up question on this one the data classification part Like uh, just asking from a fresher's point of view, sure. Uh, couldn't it be a case where we have identified all the assets? Once the asset identification is done, all the data which is incoming as well as outgoing through that assets, uh, we can actually you know uh, only consider that particular data because we are only talking about assets. Can we do that? Uh, could you could you repeat the question again? Uh, let's say i have identified the critical assets in my organization right okay. and all the data which is incoming as well as outgoing through those assets i only you know consider because again at that of the day i have to only protect the assets right can i relate those to those two things i was just thinking here here love the idea is that the data in itself is an asset for you when ah. we are talking about risk management we say that asset is of anything that is of value so asset as a server is one thing but here when if somebody asks you okay love i have my asset is my person my employees my servers and my data so the right. data aspect protection as data ah. as an asset protection okay. is where data classification and data leakage prevention framework or data loss prevention frameworks come in now now i i have understood it because now let yeah. me just clarify for other people who are watching now we are considering data information itself as an asset right yes yes very and much so. and that's a and that's a huge and very very good that you brought this point up because as practitioners we have we have a habit of identifying a server as an asset yeah absolutely like a desktop as an asset so we always yeah. think in those ways but in, from a risk management or an information security perspective if you look at it anything that is of value to an organization is an asset yeah, absolutely Great. right so here data becomes the asset right now we say okay now what are the types of data classification because i'm i'm saying this because when when you read about this you will get this and if i don't cover this this will come up as a question either today or tomorrow when people see this video is basically we talk about content based classification and context based classification so when when we say so what is content and what is context so just just to give you uh, and uh, if we go into the dlp architecture and how content and context based goes then this would be like a two hour thing so just explaining this for people the curious people out there so when i say content i mean the exact keyword 
what are you looking for the exact content becomes the uh, okay i can't explain content with saying content is the keyword the letter the word the thing that denotes a certain type of a data becomes a content based classification for example when we are talking about pii so we know what pii is we know the name address all of these things so th- this becomes content based classification where i know how to classify based on the type of content that a document has right context is basically to say uh like anything other than the content becomes the context for example who was the creator who was the author who is this document meant for the context of it was this created for example if i make a presentation for senior management talking about internal sales and revenues now i delivered that presentation now i have to share this document with the senior management now the content based classification says that since it has financial figures company revenue that becomes a content based but akshay as a senior manager created this for the senior management cxos for their eyes only to be only consumed by cxos and nobody else is the context who is the creator and who is the consumer so any document that is to be consumed for and this is just one example that any document that is to be consumed by this specific set of people who deal with very sensitive data is a context based uh, classification so can i say that it's type of a filter that we are putting in in terms of classify it as a contextual based right yeah so both so an effective data classification uh, incorporates both content and context now okay. usually when a company starts with data so data classification love is a continuous process you have to understand that you know you have you established a methodology you start and as your company so maybe today you do not need a context let's say you have a linear structure where you know everybody is at the same position startups especially work in that way right so everything is shared with everybody so in that sense you may not require that much of a context but later on as your company grows hierarchy and structure grows you might want to introduce context based classification as well so your even any like any framework keeps on maturing over time even your data classification and data leakage prevention framework or data loss prevention framework also matures over time so you start off with something with whatever you have because let's say today i'm dealing with x amount of data i can't say that the for the next 10 years i'll be dealing with what if my company acquires another company which has a whole different set of unstructured data and they are dealing with a different industry altogether and i'm consuming it so now i have to go through and how i put a data classification on them and kind of incorporate that data classification into my classification i have to map all the data tagging so all of this is a continuous process that is to say not to confuse anybody you start off with analyzing Uh, how much of a content based mostly in most organizations the heavier portion is the content based because i need to make sure uh, for example if there is an internal ip address in a document that should not be leaked outside the uh, organization so that is a, this is a content you are understanding that what ip address is and you are making sure it does not go outside as an example right so this is the uh, major difference between uh, uh, content based and context based uh, now there is also a, a concept of user based classification is basically heavily just on user but i i kind of keep 
uh so as an if you want to differentiate you could also say that you know also analyzing in a document there is also there is just a content but what if you are also analyzing metadata what if you are also uh, uh, looking at the file type you are going in deeper so like i said anything other than context content becomes a context so some people differentiate this user and context i i like to keep it uh, in the way that, that just depends so don't uh feel that you know this is something i did not cover uh uh then again uh, what we're talking about is which type of classification method do i use now now a very very simple question is you know which type of classification method do i use so i as as a practitioner what i would say is that you know it's a mix it's a hybrid it's a remix the type of data that you're using will entirely depend on what is your need of data classification for example if you are not under a regulatory compliance if you are going for an iso audit and an iso audit requires you to have a data classification mechanism in place that's it so in that case you could just go in for public private sensitive uh, data and then you could just classify it right if you act you are actually facing data leakage because it, it does happen i mean uh i i will not believe somebody who says that you know there are there is zero data leakage happening inside my company that just essentially means that either your framework is not robust or your detection and monitoring mechanisms are not in place because uh, i mean uh, human mistakes human errors are so common when when we are talking about an organization from a larger perspective that these things keep happening so uh, this is uh, you could uh, you you could want to protect protect your intellectual property you could want to do it for compliance purposes uh, you may have a cross different organizations different functions uh, have a development team you may have a service model then you may have a financial team so a lot of data is mixing here and there people are exchanging data and you just want some governance over this because it, you can't leave it uh, in a disarranged manner because then you can't control it this is the importance of data classification and and a lot of times people go ahead and implement dlp solutions without a proper data classification strategy and this is where it fails believe me man without a good data classification so spend more time on data classification data discovery and then once you are sure that you have everything covered like for example the crown jewels the sensitive information all the data has been tagged all the data discovery has been done after that you you should go ahead and you know uh, uh, talk about implementing rules inside a dlp solution okay so akshay can i summarize it and let me know if i am summarizing it properly for uh, in uh, in order to classify you know the data data classification process number one should be to define the objective as you rightly mentioned they they need to understand what is the objective behind data classification process right they they need to do right. that second right. thing is to create workflows based upon the selected classification that they have done right yes the data flow how is the data flow that's right, right. That's and, and third thing third thing is defining the categories and classification criteria what what is what is this what is it they, yes. they are using the right? classification criteria is key love what is your reason to and state all the reasons because that right. will help justify your classifiers right and fourth last but not the least to define outcomes and usage of the classified data that they have actually classified now can i say that in these four steps can yes, i summarize yes. Okay. yes very much so now an important thing or an important question that comes in people's mind is okay you explained everything now who are the people who are involved in this data classification activity 
so typically this would be needless to say your cio and cio's team are an integral part of our data classification strategy because he is the chief information officer he is the guy who's dealing with information so his team is the team which is which has a, a key stake in defining because they are the people responsible for running it operations they are the people who uh, the ciso typically reports to the cio so the second actor would be the ciso who who makes sure after or in the data classification he has inputs of security and after the data classification he has the proper controls in place for securing the data right uh then we know we know this asking a follow up question we know this saying can you please give an example for data defining how to classify this yeah so like i just said that you know you could say that if you have if you're dealing with consumer data so what what are the uh, personally identifiable information that is there if you're dealing with healthcare data what are the phis if you're dealing with card data what is the uh, card holder data if you're dealing with intellectual property rnd what are the keywords if you're making softwares what are what is your code how is your uh, source code different from a normal manual document that you are sharing right so uh, those type, this is how you define it through keywords you're saying okay this is sensitive this is source code this is pii this is phi so you do first data discovery you find all types of data then you do data tagging is where you tag each and every kind of data based on the keywords and this is how even as a human if i'm do doing data loss uh, monitoring and prevention i would be able to recognize or even a solution which you are going to implement will also recognize in the same way yeah vinod has also have another follow up question now he is saying how an l1 person will be able to understand this concept of given or shared data whether the whether whether it is secured or not i'm sorry can you just yeah uh, so he is asking uh, for a person who is at l1 level how can he understand the concept of shared data being secured or not because okay. yeah he is at l1 okay. yeah. so yes so l1 level person is first of all just a part i may be a part of the whole data classification activity data classification is usually done by senior people who have understanding of how data is flowing they need to then follow and understand what data classification is being currently followed in my organization so the data classification policy would typically be uploaded on your intranet and you will have a sense of what this type of information means and then you can look for either tags or you can look for the nature or you can look for for the uh, the, the type of classification which is associated the responsibility of the, there should be a security awareness in place but when we talk about data classification and data leakage monitoring and prevention that is not the responsibility of an l1 person from a for obviously from an employee perspective i am responsible for the type of data but you are not responsible for securing the data there this is the whole strategy so you might be a part of the dlp team you might be a part of the infosec team but the strategy is not where you coming the strategy is defined by manager senior managers yeah so so for example uh, you could say that you know uh, public private and restricted so what type of uh, your your pro, uh, your job postings your mark your your uh, flyers banners all of that could come under your public uh, type of documentation which is acceptable for public use without without some restriction uh, uh, one classification could be private which documents should not be distributed externally 
okay to be shared internally not okay to be shared externally becomes private restricted even within this private or or an inside organization this is restricted use for for your eyes only or for specific type of people these are usually the type of data that come under compliances like we say need to know basis whoever does not need to know about a pii or a phi or 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 a financial information should not be allowed to use it so that kind of tagging restricted is kind of for that to give an example right i guess uh, we have covered uh, pretty much from a data classification Classi classification standpoint i have another follow up question uh, Akshay, yes. on data classification. So I, I would like to clarify it, uh, you know, here and uh, you know, at the same time only, so that we do not have to, you know, address them later. Because now you, you are, you know, in that flow, right, for data classification. So sure. Chitranshu, Chitranshu Jain is saying, information written on physical papers, can it also be considered in data classification? If yes, then how to apply DLP on it? Okay, very good question and a very practical question. I believe Chitranshu may be a part of this or some facing something like this. So this is a question, yes, faced by a lot of people. So Chitranshu, what happens is uh, when we are doing data classification and when we have done it for our clients as well, our clients come to us and they ask us that, yes, Akshay, there is this whole bunch of pieces of paper that I have, which is a documented thing inside a locker and it is secured. So now the question comes is with uh, from a DLP perspective, I'm not even going for solution. Let's just talk about data loss prevention as a as a concept. And one important thing I wanted to say, and I'll say it again, I, I stopped before, but I want to say this is that everybody should always think of DLP as a framework and not as a solution. The problem with industry right now is as soon as I say DLP, a product vendor will come in your mind and that should not happen. DLP is a framework. So uh, Chitranshu has an excellent question. What he's saying is, if you're talking about physical paper, if you're talking about data uh, written on physical paper, how, how would you do it? So typically Chitranshu, the activity when we're doing data discovery, we do digitization of these documents. So you might want to go for digitization, meaning scanning and uploading and then converting it into a portable readable format. Purging the physical copy so on and so forth or locking it in a storage facility and then a person physically is monitoring or there is a surveillance camera that is looking you're uh, protecting that information through biometrics is how you are securing or uh, uh, ensuring data loss prevention so the physical control i said once you identify the data you have to identify the type of types of controls so physical security as, as a control is applicable to the data which is on paper I hope that answers your question. Okay, should I move to DLP now? Yes, of course, Akshay. Thank you. So now, uh, how do... So once you've done data classification, now you want to secure the data, you've put all the controls. I'm not going to discuss the controls for data protection because asset protection, server protection, we've already discussed. If there are some specific questions, we can then take it up later because this is very specifically for DLP and I'm looking at the time and time is uh, going by. So I just need to make sure I cover the topics at least at a basic level so that everybody understands. Uh, so uh, now, your problem statement as a manager, as a practitioner, or as a CISO is, Akshay, I did the data classification. Now I want to make sure this data does not get leaked. 
either by some malicious actor or by anybody by mistake this is where data loss prevention or data leakage prevention comes in again i keep saying both of these things because a lot of people call it as dlp as data loss prevention i personally like to call it data leakage prevention because the leakage is the aspect you know there's a loss but leakage gives a sense of uh, alarm or a, or a deeper sense but then that's just my opinion so don't hate me for preferring leakage over loss that's on you okay Akshay, so now yeah chitranshu is saying thank you so much clear i am absolutely clear now so thank you awesome man and and great question by the way so uh, so what is basically data loss prevention so essentially a major part of data loss prevention we just discussed data classification data discovery all of these are actual part of your data class data loss prevention methodology in or or the establishment of your framework the reason i put specific em- emphasis is because i wanted people to get out of their solution zone in the first 10 minutes i have to get them out of that zone and then i have to explain it to them again is that the data classification data discovery data tagging are part of the dlp implementation again i am saying this is not a solution implementation this is a dlp framework implementation please folks if if you take one thing from today is that never think of dlp as a dlp solution because when you approach it from a solution based approach then that's not the right way to go there are solutions which will enable your framework so make a robust framework and choose the best solution that fits the framework and all your needs instill security in that way rather than saying what the dlp has and now whatever solution they are saying and i will implement that over there that's a reversed approach and that's not the it's not a proactive way to security so why we keep saying is that data classification and dlp is a proactive way of approaching it a lot of people come and say that you know i have all of it protected akshay it, it's there on the servers i have protected the servers that multi factor authentication what if somebody by mistake sends an email how do you protect that you don't you can't because everything else was covered but how do you detect that so that is where your dlp strategy comes in right so your identity basically uh, it it is to say three major parts that come in discover monitor and protect so discover is a continuous process of scanning uh, or looking through each and every asset each and every nook and corner network devices shares endpoint servers for what type of data is there then what is the sensitive data and how do you uh, classify it and tag the data then monitor is based on the rules after you have done the data classification you define specific rules now what is that rule to say what type of action to do when a certain type of data is accessed or sent or there is an attempt made to leak it in a certain way these are the rules that you define right for example you could say that as soon as somebody tries to uh send a document that has internal ip addresses mentioned on it that email should not go out now this is your requirement now all i need to do is i need to make a rule out of it if document category equal to internal ip then block email this is a rule now when i have a solution i will just configure this rule inside the solution and i'm done 
you see how we did it we first went through the data discovery we, we went through the data tagging classification then we uh, took the requirement and we converted it to a rule and we just configured the rule inside the dlp and we are golden so this is the importance now and then I when think, you're i think yeah. just to just to reiterate that whole point they have to understand the process and the approach to dlp rather than just simply buying a solution right yes. because a solution you will get that vendor on board they will tell you everything they will configure they will help you configure you can have smes configure it for you but if yeah. your strategy in your mind is not clear yeah then that becomes an issue for you so for all the cisos who are watching for all the information security managers who are watching take this as a big takeaway do not go for a poc without understanding your own organizational requirements that is a key here that is what akshay is trying to repeat every time here if you are watching this video you are a ciso you are a cio you are a information security manager this is a big key for you create your own requirements document first create your own you know a process document first what what do you need to have in place that is the key here rather than going and calling for a vendor for a poc because that anybody can do of course go ahead akshay yeah 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 so uh, very very well said love so so the idea here is that you need to uh, and i'll tell you love why this is also essential you you made a very good point uh, before moving further because we have already touched this that if you don't have the classification in place if you take a vendor to just implement it and without a classification in place it will become a problem if you hire a consulting firm much like ours to help you in the data classification and discovery process it will still take some time and what we always say is if you already have something in place it becomes easier for us yes we could do something from scratch it's not a problem but if yeah. if you already spent some time if you can at least explain to me what is the type of data which is important for you then i can go ahead with that so the more understanding you have of your data of your data flow right so i mean if if you come to me and say you know i don't have any classification i don't have any data flow diagram i have nothing so then i will have to sit with your person to actually make a data flow diagram and that is why when somebody without a proper security posture or a data uh, data from an asset protection in mind comes dlp project implementation takes years to completely get operational right right from the idea of beginning or me engaging with you it takes 6 months 8 months about a year to fully get the confidence depending on the scale obviously we're talking about a larger scale here uh, for a smaller scale it takes a certain time uh and 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 vendors would have you believe that the solution will be deployed within a matter of 5 days and then you can just configure the rule in the next 5 days and then it and that's not true that's just yeah. them saying that you know they'll just put something over there do their job and then go but for you it has to be an effective framework approach yeah absolutely absolutely agree uh, akshay i have a follow up question here uh, vishal mohite is here with me welcome vishal to the group uh, he is asking may i know the difference between data loss and data leakage and are they both same he is asking uh so vishal uh, again as i was saying so there is no i mean I'm, you could find something if you probably google it uh i'll let it there will be somebody who is differentiating data loss and data leakage essentially you are saying if data goes outside of the authorized people who are supposed to access its data loss data loss is more towards unintentional and data leakage is more connotation towards intentional but today in today's terms data loss and data leakage are used uh, uh together to just denote uh like 
I could say leakage of data either from intentional or unintentional. So it's pretty much the same thing to say that if you've lost your data or somebody could say the availability is gone, but I don't believe in that. What I am saying essentially is that the data leakage should not go outside. So I that's why I use data leakage, but then data loss prevention is also the right word. So yes, uh, pretty much the same annotation when we're talking about this. Yeah, maybe so, from yeah. a dictionary point of view, it may be a different uh, term. Yeah, so we shall try to understand what Akshay is saying is the analogy is the same, which you are trying to come to a point. The end goal is same here. Okay, so that's what Akshay is trying to mention. Akshay, after that, we have Prakash Thakur. Prakash again is a returning, you know, live stream member who is a part of the game now. Welcome, Prakash, to the group. And Prakash is saying, what about a disgruntled employee? Now he is asking. Exactly, exactly. So that is where we where we started, Prakash. That you know, internal threat in itself uh, of a great value. And I, I believe we were also discussing this when we were talking about zero trust. Is that it's no more the time where we are saying that just I the only uh, threat to me is an external. A disgruntled employee could very much try to steal sensitive information and try to either send it outside or try to sell it out. that is a real problem that's an actual problem as organizations face and that is why we talk about data leakage prevention and data loss prevention strategies akshay do do we call this thing only the insider threat uh yeah yeah because the person who would typically have access to it but is now using that privilege for some malicious purpose typically they should only send it over here but they are trying to send it to so uh, you must have heard about cases love where internal employees after resignation try to copy the internal documents to and send it to their personal email id or try to upload it to some their google drive this is an example of violation of data leakage prevention rule or or framework and this is what gets monitored detected and sometimes also prevented by dlp framework and through that the dlp solution okay so vishal is saying thank you so much great he is got the understanding now vishal mohite after that prakash thakur is returning prakash is saying and one more thing gateway spam filter protection against data loss and smartphone with camera no i i didn't get the question yeah even i, I did not get that okay prakash could you just write it in in one go that will help so after that we have mohammad idris uh, mohammad idris mohammad thank you so much for uh, returning to the live stream mohammad again is a you know part of the game now akshay he is he is active uh, in terms of asking questions so welcome Great. mohammad yeah so mohammad needs an example for data in use data at rest and data in motion Okay. Okay, Mohammad. Good question. Let me give. I wanted to do this later, but okay, cool. Let's do this. So when when I say data in, so there is data at rest, data in process, and data in transit. I guess that's what he's saying, right? From process, he's saying data. Yes. yes. So so for example, a data at rest may be a data sitting on a file server. A data in process is when that file gets uploaded into an application and being used or edited by a either a person who's manual or who's doing changes or editing the document inside the application. Data in transit is when he's sending that document, that output that comes in, he's sending that document either through the solution application itself or through protocols like FTP, SFTP, or through email ID, emails. so that is the difference between a simple example could be an excel sheet a raw excel sheet is data address
when that excel sheet is uploaded into a solution and worked upon it is data in process and when you are sending it sent to the person or share with the team is where it becomes the data in transit so that document so i hope uh, yes that yeah. uh, answers your question that will help okay thank you yeah okay so coming back to my point uh, we were talking about uh, how a typical data loss prevention or a dlp works is basically uh, it uh, talks about discovering monitoring protection and then the whole management aspect of it that how do you manage all these three activities this in itself if somebody ever asks you how does a dlp framework work or how does a dlp activity work or even how does a dlp solution work it is essentially the discovering monitoring protection and management of of these three activities this is this is your answer that's it now when we talk about discovery what you are saying you have to find whatever is stored data discovery as a continuous process you have to create inventory that the data inventory that the, the data register it could be an excel sheet it could be a database it could be part of a cmd whatever you are doing the, the asset when we talk about asset inventory we talk about data inventory now inventory of what types of data you have and uh, also like the backup of data clean up of data removing copies of that data making sure the latest version so that depends on the maturity and kind of so i'm not going uh, that much into detail because i don't want to confuse people here so this is to give you a general sense now uh, from monitoring you are understanding how the data is being used mind it i've still not gone to the dlp solution yet because for all people who are now thinking i mean i keep bringing people back because this is guys this is very important you have to understand from a framework perspective right it, it's a it's a combination of manual and automated work so we are talking about understanding how data is being used we are understanding the content and the context remember i talked about content based and context based so understanding the content and context now also at this point you are defining what policy i want to make this is not an information security policy this is data security policy you have your data you have done it now you are saying what type of policies i have and what type of how will i define my policy violation for example like i said now you are defining a policy is that all documents marked as internal should never be uh, copied from a usb should never be sent via email should not be uploaded now these are three different policies you made those policies now you also talk about what step do you should you take if the policy should the policy be violated right so what should happen should a policy be violated should it be blocked should it there be just an alert should should there be a combination of blockage and alert should there be a flag that is raised should the access be revoked now all of these things is what you need to define now after uh, uh, other than this the third part is you are actually protecting the sensitive data as well so talking about concepts like encryption data at rest uh talking about concepts of if i have identified a sensitive data at a place where it should not be i should be able to perform an action such as delete that copy or if somebody is trying to access a sensitive data which he is not supposed to access they should not be shown the data rather a general message which says you are trying to access a document which has this tag so please contact your information security team and alert has been raised against you case number xyz so dlp uh, team there is a dedicated data leakage prevention team that are that is typically there in organizations depending on scale it's either 1% 2% 3% and they continuously monitor it there are separate dlp alerts that come in 
and in either the dlp experts or the incident response response the ir team along with the dlp team then goes ahead and investigates these alerts whether it was intentional whether this was disgruntled employee what was his motivation so all cases based on sensitivity are then investigated by kind of went ahead and gave you an extra tidbit which i had not planned to uh, yeah cover. and just to and just to add here akshay uh, it happens and uh, if the employee uh, one step uh, you know ahead i am going now let's say the employee actually did it uh, as prakash men- men- mentioned earlier a disgruntled employee actually did it on purpose then people get fired yeah so there is action taken against you and this is what yeah. comes under the manage piece when i say yeah. uh, you know uh, discover monitor and protect the managed piece is where you decide what to do with the risk or the alert that has come in so you take actions yes so, so you penalize is... you penalize yeah. the entity in some way that yeah. that could be a vendor who is processing that could be an internal employee who is accessing right so Yeah. So there are there are yeah yeah. So there are repercussions, guys. Try to understand. This is very important thing. That's why we are discussing it here. DLP in itself is implemented just to make sure that information is protected. So that's where you need to understand that it's very crucial. If you get some alerts like this, it is not good for you in that organization because yes, uh, you will be penalized. It will it will not be a case where people will simply go come come to you and smile and say, okay, do not repeat this. So it it might not be the case. So try to take this seriously. So Mohammed Idris is uh, returning back. He is saying thank you so much, Akshay and love. So he has got the concept now. Thank you, Akshay. Okay. great so uh, so uh, we talked about discover monitor protect essentially what you're doing in discover is you're you're saying that you know i need to i need to identify the targets then i need to run a scan uh, i need to scan these targets to find the sensitive data uh, on the networks on the endpoints on the servers or on the assets then on monitoring you are continuously inspecting the data that is being shared you're monitoring the network and the endpoints and the servers for any activity on the files that are tagged and classified as per your data classification mechanism protection is the act where you actually do take an action is either you block remove or encrypt the file you might quarantine or copy the files or you might notify this activity from the specific user or the user account to the information security team and their managers that there is a violation that has happened because this is sensitive thing like like love said this could this could cause uh, something to an extreme of you losing your job right so uh, yeah so in uh, what are the different modes in which so this is where dlp solutions come in so dlp solutions have the capability of helping you in data discovery they you have to classify your data by yourself you have you, you have uh, if you have the data classification policy in place they will help you define these policies in either in form of rules some solutions call this policy itself some people call it rules depends from vendor to vendor or solution to solution and then they will keep on monitoring the dlp solutions that are in place or how a dlp is implemented is basically in three types there is a storage dlp there is a network uh, there is a storage dlp uh, there is a network dlp and uh, i'm sorry i'm uh and there is an endpoint dlp yeah okay i got it so uh, a storage is basically to say that uh, all points of storage on on shared drives on databases is where is where basically your storage dlp works uh it's talk about what type of data are your employees actually storing and sharing 
and if if this uh, dlp should uh, you could call it a mode of dlp functioning or you could call uh, call it the way in which dlp solutions are implemented or you could call it a feature a lot of people use different terminology so i don't want you to get confused uh, a single dlp might have the capability of network storage as well as endpoint uh, the network is basically to, basically to say uh, whatever is uh, passing through your sockets whatever is passing through your ports whatever is passing through your protocols all of this is being monitored and endpoint is basically to say at whatever endpoints that there are what type of data is being stored what type of data is being processed and what type of data is being copied pasted or accessed right so this is basically uh, a summarization of how this works i've already spoken about the kind of uh, so uh, i could define uh, on a policy violation i could define an action for example uh, if in during during data discovery i found out that on an employee's machine there is a expense sheet that is present and it should not be present i could automatically delete it if somebody is trying to access a from uh, a drive which is marked as sensitive or restricted or as a pii and is not supposed to access it if, if that person opens it he could be shown a pop up which says that uh, you are not supposed to access this if somebody is trying to send an email and attaching a sensitive document and trying to send it outside of an organization they could get a notification saying your email has been blocked and now you have to add in, uh, and dlp team will be contacting you and there is a case that has been filed against you yeah so okay. yes questions 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 are there now okay first of all a, a huge shout out to shipkan sharma shipkan welcome to the game brother he is a you know big brother to us now shipkan is helping us a lot in uh, you know managing our whatsapp groups and he is actually helping a lot of people in answering their queries so huge shout out to you shipkan thank you so much for being there in the group and helping people so now shipkan is asking is there any free open source dlp tool available for use uh there are uh, open source implementations of dlp and uh, to an extent shivkant if your scale is small you could script your way to create a customized dlp solution yourself it's not that hard to achieve it just depends on the scale when your scale grows i would i i, I personally suggest uh, to go for an enterprise solution or 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 go for like a product because then you have support because what happens when you try to implement an open source solution a lot of support is not there and when as you grow so today you might implement an open source dlp and it may work for you one or two years down the line but as you grow you might realize it's not able to respond to the scale and then again you deploying a new solution might become a challenge for you because dlp is a very sensitive activity so that is something that should not be taken a risk with in uh, an open source dlp solution a misconfigured rule may trigger false positives so so yes folks a lot a, a, a huge problem that people have with improperly configured or mis chosen uh, dlp solution is that they get a lot of false positives because even even though it wasn't a malicious access or wasn't even a leakage you get these alerts so filtering those rules and alerts and changing rules and alerts as per uh, configurations uh, that you keep getting from from the types of alerts from different types of users or different types of servers i'm sorry folks this this is raining outside so you might hear a little disturbance uh, so that is important so in that case what i would suggest is try to manage the data first uh, spend time on your framework evaluate the type of uh, the scale of data protection that you have uh, do a pilot with an open source dlp 
but once you grow above a scale you might want to uh, go in for for a more specialized product okay so akshay after that uh, prakash thakur has a question he is saying can a smartphone make any chance of data loss can he is asking uh, how can a smartphone you know uh, maybe you know trigger a data loss can it yeah so yeah so in in uh, sorry who was the gentleman uh prakash thakur yeah so prakash very good question so what happens is when when we uh, brought in the concept of byod when we brought in the concept of bring your own device and when we are enabling people to access corporate data that is uh, the biggest example of a data leakage through a smartphone you are accessing corporate data you are accessing documents uh, you are you are accessing them through emails you are accessing them through collaborative apps and this is where you could i kind of make a copy or store it in your mobile phone and then try to extract it so this is an example how do you thwart it is through a, a combination of dlp as well as uh, mdm mobile device management which is like uh, there to manage the byod policies and a byod environment we haven't covered mdm and byod yet but yeah i mean we are in that flow so maybe uh, in coming sessions we will uh, cover a uh, byod mobile threats and mdm as well which should give you a bigger picture of all the types of threats that are uh, that come in when a mobile phone comes into picture okay okay shivkant is saying thank you so much akshay so shivkant is uh, showing his thanks so thank you so much shivkant uh, shivkant i have displayed your pic as well in this video i just got an option where i can show people how you look so thank you so much So now I am uh, coming to Lalit Shekhawat. Lalit is asking, actually, if you can see the question on the screen, he is asking to address disgruntled employees or internal threats. Can we implement rule in DLP for employee on notice periods? So yes, yes. Lalit, Lalit, actually, very well said, my man. And I, are you already part of the DLP team somehow? Because this is a very great point. It seems is, right. Because this is very in depth. Yeah. because dlp policies there are specific policies lalit for employees on notice period there are specific policies of people on probation there are specific policies for vendors all there there are specific dlp policies for these type of people and stricter rules apply to different zones of these people so a lot of accesses are removed when a, even when we talk about identity and access management so kind of integrates with the idam as soon as the idam tells you that this person is on notice period the dlp in itself it activates the policy of like a notice period employee so yes that is true it does happen and it it does happen in practice and if it is not being practiced it should happen so good good question a lot of people, guess right. yeah akshay a lot of people are joining this stream now i can see 17 people today uh, i am glad you all are here any questions that you want to ask in terms of dlp data classification any questions in terms of otherwise information security cyber security in general hipa sock 1 sock 2 gdpr anything and everything we are here so, to help you guys yeah. feel free to shoot so, yeah during that time i since the question is there i saw that there is a second part of it to this question if possible explain with example rule so let me go ahead and uh, try to explain something like this for example uh, let's say i am a senior manager so i'm uh, so i'm i'm uh, i'm supposed to allow uh 
uh, to have the capability of being able to share data outside the of the organization because it is required for them dealing with vendors a lot so when i move to a probation period i move from being able to access to allow uh, to uh, share to having heavily monitored for all the data that i am sharing outside of so i may have privilege of sharing uh, internal data to certain department or sharing internal data to some type of a vendor but that access may be revoked and that violation or all that policy might be applied to me when i am when i move to the notice period uh, group of the people so i hope that that explains uh, your question so uh, lalit is saying thank you so much so he is he is sending good vibes to us thank you so much lalit for your appreciation and best wishes so a lot of people are there on the live stream i can still see 16 people here any questions in terms of information security cyber security in terms of jobs in terms of interviews in terms of anything if you want to ask feel free to shoot shoot i have akshay with me he is the guru you know he will answer everything okay that you are here to ask okay so uh, akshay anything you would like to add before we conclude and uh, you know uh, yes yeah yes okay so uh, one question that people aren't and i i was hoping that they would ask this question is that i uh, how do i evaluate a dlp solution what are the parameters on which i will be able to evaluate a dlp because there are so many products out there and everybody is claiming their product to be the best but when i'm when i'm evaluating a dlp solution what so i i'm not going to go in depth but i'm giving you a certain pointers that will help you to uh, know about what you're expecting uh, when we're trying to uh, evaluate a dlp solution is first thing you have to understand and ask them what are the capabilities uh, the, that the dlp has enabled it does it include the endpoint uh network uh discovery that is, does it include data at rest data in transit endpoint server uh, database discoveries as well is it supporting all types of platforms see here is the key a lot of people will come in and they say no this is only used for windows as a platform is it supporting linux is it supporting different flavors of linux you might be using red hat you might be using uh, centos you might be using mac so is it supporting all platforms your your dlp solution uh, that is one of the points uh, uh, is it also protecting against an external threat for, for an example should an external person try to access it is it differentiating between internal and external as well that 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 could be one of your criteria how is it performing data inspection and classification with in terms of content and context make them explain with an example or with your example in case that how they are going to perform contextual analysis a lot of them only focus and try to sell you content uh, based uh, uh, discovery and classification right that is why i stress so much on the classification aspect love so that you know uh, this becomes a little clearer then are you dealing with unstructured data as well how are you dealing with this is it going to be so the, the the detection mechanism is basically to say that there is an event based mechanism in their uh, detection and alerting and there is a policy violation also so i have a policy if that policy is violated i'll be getting an alert and i can also define specific events so are you doing both event based and policy violation based uh, uh, detection and uh, alerting uh and yes how much are you doing it from an agent is the agent going to consume a lot of resources at the endpoints and the servers are you using machine learning and ai as features in dlp we discussed about this love uh, in in our previous videos the importance of ml and ai in cyber security wherein we spoke touch base on dlp as well 
so yeah this could be the major evaluation criteria as per se not limited to this could be more yeah so i have a question on the screen now akshay achitranshu jain is asking a follow up question he is asking if we block usb port what are the other possible ways that we suggest to internal users for sharing the data are you saying i mean we we won't suggest it right because we are here for protection <laughs> but yes from an i mean do it over email do it over email send it to the proper person cc or manager so that everybody knows if you using usb then you're kind of so follow the proper channel of sharing uh, and usb storage usb port blocking and detecting if somebody is trying to access or copy data from usb is one of the use cases of a dlp by the way just to uh, add the weather extra so chitranshu i'm not very sure what your question is your question is that so we do have to block usb port that is there a dlp has the feature of identifying uh, or a dlp framework should address the fact that if a uh, if somebody tries to copy data into a usb drive there should be an alert notification and the copy should not happen that should be the capability of a dlp framework or a dlp solution if you are asking that you know if you are blocking everything then how am i supposed to share data your email because that is also monitored and that that's the proper channel of doing it a secure way of uh, is never uh, copying it through usb and sharing there so are yeah there there are other methods also for example they can use sharepoint implementation they can use one drive team drive shared drive a lot of things are there uh, you know yeah they can use that also actually so cool yeah but do not do it over a usb you rightly mentioned that so uh, after that prakash thakur is saying how we protect data on the cloud okay so very big question prakash uh, it's actually very big and i think we should not answer it now because it needs a session in itself yeah so cloud based data protection is a feature of dlp and should be addressed when you're class when you're doing data classification okay let me answer this just from data classification and dlp perspective i'm not going to take this in a asset based protection and going into the whole cloud because i believe this should be covered when we're talking about cloud security as a concept and and i think love we should do it uh, sooner because a lot of people keep coming up with questions on cloud here and there yeah cloud is it's, very it's, yeah so uh, just to give a very high level over overview cloud security is a twofold thing because some of the environment is in the cloud is a, a you know sole responsibility of the cloud service provider that you have and some are the different items which is a sole responsibility of the customer so absolutely we need to do a video on this there is a clear segregation which is laid out there people should know people should understand what are the things that they need to look after and what are the things that the service provider will look after go ahead akshay right yeah so from a from a classification perspective prakash if you have data that is being stored on cloud you need to address the fact that when you are talking about data in storage and data in transit even your cloud as an asset even a cloud as an endpoint or a server comes in so your dlp solution should have cloud based monitoring detection and uh, uh, prote- uh, 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 the monitor detect and protect aspect of it that the, those feature should be enabled in your dlp you should understand that you are also now even from a human perspective from a non solution perspective you are you are observing how data is being stored on the cloud how data is being shared within cloud or separate instances of clouds and you have to protect and put the proper security controls and defines proper security policies and define what happens when a security policy is violated so cloud just becomes an aspect of it 
बट डेटा प्रोटेक्शन और इन्फॉर्मेशन सिक्योरिटी और साइबर सिक्योरिटी ऑन क्लाउड इज अ सेपरेट टॉपिक एंड आई बिलीव शुड बी टेकन अप सेपरेट so after that a very important job related question akshay on the screen now sai manoj kumar is asking sai welcome to the group again sai is a returning member akshay he was there yesterday also so sai thank you for so much for becoming a part of this community first of all so sai is asking i think he is asking from a career aspiration point of view akshay uh, how to transform from an it support engineer to information security engineer because i think he is getting a lot of sense uh, he is making a lot of sense from these videos so he he is concerned to you know change his career altogether i don't think he can do it uh, you know so i think akshay you need to tell him that path uh, from which he can i think he will need a professional guidance akshay i i would think that yeah so sai uh, to answer your question is uh, that if you want to uh, move into information security as a domain the very first thing is you need to have your concepts clear you need to understand what type of a profile are you looking for because information security engineer as such it may be a designation but you have to understand the role that you want to get into do you want to get into network security do you want to perform vulnerability analysis do you want to support products and solutions do you uh, right not it support but get into specific product implementation and support do you want to get into uh, risk assessment risk management aspect of it so first understand what your expectation is you have to also the factors are at what level are you if you are at a basic level the, the switch will be at a basic level you might have to take a couple of positions down because because you know uh, you might have to so first understanding the concept if if you are going you're targeting something for a higher level you require heavy skill set you require a professional i, I mean a practical knowledge applicational knowledge understanding of organization so you might want to start with understanding how information security is working within your organization first get a sense of how this is flowing then get a sense of what kind of a role do you want to get into do you want to get into soc do you want to get into uh, assessments do you want to get into uh, red team do you want to get into blue team do you want to get into risk team basis on that then you take you uh, decide that you know these are the things that are required uh, you could go ahead and try to learn things from a knowledge perspective if you're going for a fresher point of view if you're going to look for a, a higher position you might want to go in for some professional grade training where they teach you the concepts much like we do we have professional courses that are out there and we teach people not just the concept but also the applications real world use cases and scenarios our experience as consultants as practitioners for uh, risk management or the vulnerability assessment penetration testing or forensics or security operation center or incident response anything and everything so lot of things out there but first you need to clear your head and first decide what is it that you want Uh, should you have confusion in the type of thing that could be suitable to you uh, like love and me have been saying there is an email id just drop in an email give us a call we might sit with you and help you understand what is the best suited role for you and give you uh, some level of guidance yeah just to add akshay already has a, a lot of batches which are running through the same you know uh, pipeline where people from uh, different industries are actually transforming themselves into the security and cyber security domain so you can of course refer to the description there and get yourself uh, you know 
maybe and 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 say one thing that don't stop yourself if 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 you're asking it this for yourself go ahead and explore it man cyber security is a great industry to work in it's a long sustaining career and it's fun to know that you know we are part of the securing team we are responsible for securing an organization so it's a huge responsibility and it's great work so congratulations on you know even thinking about uh, switching to cyber security yeah absolutely so prakash thakur uh, now wants to know about a couple of things he is saying what what is data beacon and what is a covert channel okay ab uh, prakash i believe uh, uh, we can take these specific questions uh, at at a separate level because it seems like you are heavily involved in dlp maybe we can get on a team yeah. discussion or so maybe he needs a professional help i think yeah i mean uh, yeah i mean what is the intention of the question is more towards maybe he has some specific problem or a specific point that yeah. he wants to get cleared prakash, uh, maybe yeah prakash uh, just try to join the whatsapp group that we have i think you will get all these questions answered in them in just one and one hour only okay so just be there go to my facebook page there you will find the whatsapp group that we have just try to join them okay all these answers and all these terms will get acknowledged in 10 minutes i'm sure about that cool so anything else uh, you know that you have uh, sai is thank you uh, saying thank you so much so thank you sai for asking the questions and feel free to ask anything we are here to help you okay so uh, anything else that anybody wants to add ask before we conclude i think this was really a great uh, insight and a great uh, video akshay i would say and a lot of people will will get a lot of benefit in terms of understanding what is data classification all about what is dlp all about it's not a poc thing just try to get out from your from your mind and try to understand that this is an entire concept which is involved in order to you know uh, get a dlp you know thing involved okay so uh, okay there is a follow up question from rajini gupta so akshay quickly displayed on the screen so rajini is asking who performs the data classification in any organization i think she is asking who, who is the person who has this role of performing this so rajini it depends from organization to organization uh, in in some cases there are specific data protection officers that have the responsibility of data protection and are involved in uh, in this but if if you if you were not there when we were started this video we, i spoke about the cios team the creators of data uh the legal compliance team the cso's team the infosec team all are involved in this data class and and specific business unit heads all all are the people who are involved in the data classification strategy because you have to talk to each and every department and have to understand completely where data is there and you have to sit and talk to them and understand yeah so that this is the answer uh, this is this is your answer that it's the Uh, it is peer headed by the information security team but the actors involved are the cios team are the business specific business unit heads it's the legal and compliance team somewhere even the hr may be involved so because uh, just to add there akshay rightly said just to add there it's a strategic point of understanding that's where you need all these people's involvement all these stakeholders should combine a plan for it okay so 
a lot of people are coming up actually a lot of questions are coming up i'm, I'm not sure whether this video will end or not okay uh, so if we if we have yeah. time then i i don't want to disappoint uh, yeah yeah sure prakash, sure prakash was sure. it right so uh, prakash dude don't don't uh, use prakash right to ask the data no, no, no. and the lot of no no other questions are also coming up okay let me uh, Let so let me, me just quickly address this because I yeah. I just thought that we are at the verge of ending and if we are continuing I want him to go satisfied. So Prakash, not going into much detail. So when we say covert channel, basically you are talking about data breach. Actually, you are talking about data breach. You are talking about an incident response. That is why I didn't want to cover it here. But when we are essentially saying a covert channel is, we talked about. Uh, uh, so yeah, we we talked about covert channel. What what we are saying is when somebody is trying to. exfiltrate some data when we spoke about uh, the apt when we spoke about a targeted attack when somebody is trying to exfiltrate data that is the covert channel that they send i am uh, yeah i got your questions man uh, not a problem so uh, this covert channel is the channel that the agent establishes with the cnc server and this through which is where you are so the beacons is basically the signal that you are sending the beacon is the cnc your communication with the cnc and how the cnc is actually uh, communicating with you and you are sending off beacons and signals to the uh, attacker perpetrator or or the cnc server and the covert channel is through which you exfiltrate the data that's it this is from a definition perspective and data beacon the next one yeah that, that, that's what i said the, the okay, data beacon okay. is the the, uh, the signal and the message that you sent got it a lot of uh, questions are coming up on cloud security session shrikanth uh, shrikanth is again a part of the game now shrikanth uh, thank you so much for asking these questions and you know being involved in the live streams so shrikanth is asking us to plan for cloud security sure shrikanth uh, shrikanth uh, we will have uh, this session very soon uh, akshay has to just take out some more time i think because these will be videos are searching a lot so i'll see whenever he is available next time and we will surely plan it for you because these are uh, you know uh, helping a lot of people so uh, this is bharat chavan now so he is asking how to build a people centric cyber security strategy akshay this is very <laughs> pointed to you only man so bharat just, man just try to answer at the high level don't go in too much details so when when you say when you say people centric cyber security strategy are are you considering uh, uh, the people privacy is the is the privacy is what is your focus what, what do you mean by people centric just want to understand this uh, and and then maybe we can address this sure 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 so after that uh, Vijay Lakshmi Martha is asking for data classification. There is one chief data officer defined as per data governance. Yeah, so like I said, data protection officer or or chief data. So that so it depends from organization, Vijay Lakshmi. So she is answering. Uh, they are answering the question that was asked that who is responsible for it. Uh, CIO could be responsible as well. Chief data officer. It's not a designation that everybody follows. but it's a role and a responsibility so cio may have the role of being a data officer or like we said then you know, being a, and ciso may have the role of being a data protection officer but involvement yeah. is of a lot of people right and shrikant is saying thank you so much love and akshay appreciate your support so thank you so thank you so much everyone who were a part of this live stream uh, i really enjoyed it personally to be honest with you because i haven't seen so much interaction in the past live streams maybe because this is friday and we are now at a mode of understanding new things that's why a lot of questions are coming up but i am happy to answer them no worries feel free to ask questions this is your platform as i as i mentioned uh, one day before also 
we are here to help you okay anything and everything that we'll try to answer we will try to answer here keep, you can uh, and you and yeah. folks you can keep posting the topics that you want to get covered and believe me if not sooner then later they will be covered so we always keep yeah. noting the types of topics that you suggest even if some question went unanswered and you feel that you know you might want some more clarification drop it in the comments is okay we we read all the comments and we'll make sure that you know if we missed something and if you feel you need more clarification write it and we'll address you will address the question because it's for everybody's benefit so just just yeah. feel free to you know just just be open be be free this is a learning session a lot of people are thanking akshay i'm just displaying the comments on the uh, screen and uh, really happy that it is benefiting a lot of people now at least 10 people have thanked us today so really appreciate all your awesome. responses guys this is a motivation for us this is the only motivation that we get there is no other money that we are getting out of these videos let me be very clear with that okay this is the only motivation that we get because this is what actually you know will wake up uh, you know tomorrow we will wake up and again we will think about something else okay so this is what drives us actually so thank you so much for being there in this uh, part of this community try to share these videos as much as much as you can so that we can build upon them a big community where people can leverage this information and get these learnings akshay anything you would like to subscribe yeah. to love yeah. channel if you don't want to and and somebody told me there is like this bell icon that also should be used so yeah you know do that so that you get notifications because our time is usually uh, depends on love's availability and my availability He is himself managing a lot of things. I myself am managing a, a company in itself. So uh, we might give on a short notice, like on a 15-minute notice, we might come online. So it's better that you subscribe and and you have that notification thing on so that you get to know when we when we are planning. Usually it's at the night time, uh, Indian time. But yeah, to to stay updated and you might not know if if you specifically had some problems and you missed a session. So we don't want that to happen. Yeah, and just to add one more thing, since a lot of layoffs are happening, so I am I am again and again touching on this important aspect of things. If anybody, buddy, who who is out there, who is who is able to listen to us, any uh, you know, uh, anyone who is facing any issues in terms of getting a job, you know, in the information security domain, in the risk domain, governance domain, just try to let me know, let Akshay know, just try to get involved, okay, and let us know what are the hiccups that you are facing, where we can actually help you, okay. this is a forum that you can actually reach out to so akshay's number and all the, the details are there in the description feel free to reach out to him you know you can reach me on the facebook page also i have also mentioned the facebook page here for your reference in these videos as well so feel free to reach out guys do not think that you are alone in this okay we are we are doing all this just for you so we we would like to help you out in the job search aspect as well okay so do not think that you know uh, there is anything stopping uh, you know just for asking these questions so lalit is saying thank you so much and appreciate all your time and help thank you so much lalit this feedback is really helpful yes, yeah thank you so much lalit so cool so i think akshay great video again i would say uh, one hour just went by just like anything and still i have 13 people watching which is a great thing in itself and uh, really appreciate your time really appreciate all the time that other people are spending just stay safe because uh, staying safe is very important these days do not try to go out of your homes without uh, any particular need just uh, try to watch out for yourself and your family thank you so much for spending your time with us thank you bye bye thanks folks bye bye have a great